The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You're now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Boy, am I pumped today. You know, for most of you that have been listening to me for a while, you know that um, my map of life is literally following my highest excitement to the best of my ability every moment of every day with zero insistence on a particular outcome. That means that I'm working hard on living in the present moment and doing what brings me joy. And earlier this week, I was, I was working with one of my assistants on the team and um, we were looking at the calendar, doing some booking stuff. And guess what? I saw on Wednesday that March is women's history month. And a lightning bolt of excitement came from the ether and zipped through my veins and capillaries and up down my spine. And I got really pumped and I was like, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do an episode about, about women's history month. This is a perfect opening to talk again about the women's labor movements of the late 18 and early 1900s and get this information out to people and all the great things that women have done. Um, it's amazing. So I'm really pumped to talk about that today, but before we do, I want to send a special thank you out to you listeners out there. I have got the privilege and honor uh, to not only do this show, um, and it's part of like my excitement and my joy, uh, to get, find things that work in my life, that work in our coach's life, that work in our client's life, and then share it with you guys. This is a free platform where people can come get you know free information, podcasts. It's, podcasting is a great thing. Radio shows, these are places where you can come get information you're not going to get through mainstream media outlets that are controlled. Right. And then, you know, there's a lot of intelligent, working class, decent people out there that can take this information. It makes sense to them and they can take action on it. So I am very, um, very thankful for you for listening. And I'm also very thankful because I've been able to talk to a lot of you. I still hop in. I do customer service calls in our company because I freaking love it. I love talking to people and like finding out how'd you find out about us and um, what problem are you trying to solve? And maybe I can help you out a little farther. And, you know, because I just, that's what we want to do. I'm, I, I'm a coach, a teacher, an educator at heart. And that's what I want to do. I, I really want to help people because I've been able to help myself by meeting other people that were educators and, and teachers and, and they taught me and, and it worked. So it's just this constant ongoing um, excitement and joy experience that I, I get to live now, which is finding out how I can stay healthier, uh, be my best, and then share it with you guys. But when these conversations that I'm having um, with the people uh, that, that listen to this show and that to buy our products and stuff and that, and that get coached with us, um, I am just very humbled. And I just really want to say thank you. I really want to say thank you because when I, when I get to talk to people on the phone and they're like, yeah, dude, I heard your show. Um, uh, I heard you on some other show. And then I started listening to your show and I've been binge listening to your show. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that when I reach out and make these random calls. So it's like, holy crap, like people are actually listening to me and what's going on out there. So that inspires me and motivates me. And I really want to have awesome content for you. I want to, I want to find really cool people that have great stories that have inspiration and um, recovery of their health or breakthroughs in their life so that we can all be inspired. And, you know, that's kind of how life works. I, I noticed growing up as a kid, you know, you, maybe you have your favorite singer. This might be an example or your favorite band or whatever. And you get, you get really excited. You know, you're going to get tickets and you're going to go see your favorite singer or your favorite band and you get pumped up. And why is that? The reason why is because they have gotten really good at their craft, right? And there's something, whatever they're doing, whatever the songs they're singing, the music they're playing is resonating with you because it's frequency. But you, you just really enjoy them. They become masters of their craft. They've gotten really good at what they do. Right. And so when somebody else, as an example, like me, um, you know, years ago, um, I've, I've always wanted to play guitar and, and sing, but I've never done it. Well, about four years ago, I picked up a guitar, started playing, started singing a little bit, and it's progressed from there. 
right? But I, I never thought I could do that. But other people inspired me. George Strait, country western singer. Um, I was always inspired, but I never took action until my son got a guitar when he was like 15. And he started, or 15, 16, he started playing. And then I got started playing with him. So my son actually inspired me to, to, to start. But it was originally George Strait, right? So then my son started doing it. And then I finally, after a few years, got a guitar instructor, Jeremiah, who's unbelievable. The guy's like Beethoven. Uh, he can play like seven instruments proficiently. And, um, and he inspired me to just keep going. So George Strait, my son, Jeremiah, these people were out just doing what they loved. And because they were following their joy and doing what they loved, they inspired me. And, and now I'm actually doing it. And there's, there's nothing that can stop me now from, from playing guitar. I was, I was hitting the drums last night for over an hour or two after my fingers got tired with the, the guitar and playing with a couple of friends up there, high school friends at my uh, uh, buddy of mine's uh, place above my place back in my hometown. So anyway, that's, um, I think I'm getting off topic here, but my main point was, I just really want to thank you guys. I really want to thank you because I get to hear your stories. I get to hear um, not just people that are listening to the show and stuff like that, but those stories these stories of, of people getting better. I, I, I talked to a whole bunch of people this week when I was making customer service calls and you know, the things they're getting, they're, they're getting, you know, their energy back. Um, they're, um, they're able to, you know, play with their kids after work. Um, um, another story was um, there was a gal that had like a, um, she had an eye issue around her eye. She used some of our products. It was gone. It was gone in just a couple of days. And um, that's awesome. So uh, there was another gal that's uh, daughter had acne I had worked with and her acne is getting better, right? So it's just stuff like that. Like you don't realize when you see somebody out there that they might be suffering at some level. And it might be just some little annoyance, maybe like a little skin issue, right? It always starts that way. But the longer we put it off, the longer we put it off, the bigger it gets, and it becomes a problem. It's this nagging. It's basically dragging you down in your, your quality of life. And it's really hard to follow your excitement and your joy and your passion when you don't feel good. Try doing that. When you're in a severe pain, you're not thinking about being spiritual or you know um, making an amazing dressing to put on your sprout salad or whatever. You're just, I'm in pain, and I want out of pain. Right. So this is why I do what I do. I don't like, I, I'm, I'm tired of people suffering because I, I, I was going through that myself. And I want people to realize that they hold all the power in their hands. That's what this show is about, that your, your choices, you get to choose. You totally get to choose. And that, you know, you get to vote with your dollars too. The products and services that you are purchasing are driving industry. Every time a dollar leaves your wallet or you leaves your purse, leaves your credit card, leaves your debit card, anytime a dollar leaves your hands, you are voting. And I, that is a sacred act today. These are the votes that count. And I really want you to think about that as that dollar, as you pull out your credit card, how are you, how are you making an impact on the world? How are you voting? That's a really important thing right there to think about. And I think most of the listeners here are more aware of that. They're making better choices. And I want to, again, thank you for the people that are purchasing our products and that are using our coaching programs is because our business is growing very rapidly. We are double the size this year than we were last year. Just in one year, I just checked the numbers. We've doubled. And that's because the message is timely. It's common sense. It's resonating with people. And you guys that are listening are actually taking action and getting benefits in your life. And you're telling other people because we do not advertise on Facebook. We do not advertise on Google. We are not using YouTube. In fact, YouTube took my channel down. So you can't even watch this show now on YouTube. Um, but it's on all the other platforms and it's always at chemicalfreebody.com under the podcast tab. You can always listen to it there. We have a, 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 I think it's called Omni. It's a player that plays the, the show there. But the cool thing is, is that people are telling other people, this is, we are literally, our business is like a working class movement. It's part of the working class movement because you guys are voting with your dollars and you're telling people and you're getting results because you're working with us, a company that has products that are that we will never compromise. We have high quality, super nutritious stuff. We've got detox products that work. They're doctor formulated. And just to give a shout out to Dr. Treadway, you know, a lot of people don't know, like besides being a master herbalist and all the stuff that he does, he's also a, a Marine veteran, you know, so he served our country. So let's talk about the women that have served our country now. Let's get into that. 
All right. So Women's History Month, and why do we need to honor the truth about Women's History Month, which is becoming harder and harder to find nowadays, but it's not lost. And the information I'm going to give you is one of the reasons why it's not going to be lost. So let's go back in time and take a look at how we, um, at how we got to Women's History Month. Now, the first Women's History Day actually took place on February 28th, 1909. This was in New York, New York City. Um, and it, co it commemorated the one-year anniversary of the 15,000 women who marched in the garment worker strikes. Pretty cool. So do you see how Women's Day got started by working-class people uniting, specifically those women? Then International Women's Day became a holiday in 1911. And we actually celebrate International Women's Day on March 8th. That's when, that's when that happened. Then Women's Day became Women's History Week. But that wasn't until 1978, 67 years later. And then finally in 1987, there was a Women's History Month. So what's important about Women's History Month? Well, let's pull out what Google says for fun because um, I like to mess around with them. Women's History Month is celebrated as a way to honor the contributions women have made to society throughout history. It is a month that is focused on educating people about the important impacts powerful women have made in both the past and the present. Um, what I would say there is like, yeah, it's like it's I, I don't want people to think it's an isolated like one woman or not. All these women that banded together, they were all strong and powerful. And unfortunately, um, you know, this stuff is not being taught. These accomplishments are not being taught in general in our educational system. Our, ch our children are not learning this stuff. And this is by design, my friends. Hey, look, I'm 49 years old and I was not taught this stuff in school. I never got this information. And I've talked to a lot of people about this. I go around educating people on this stuff all the time. Nobody's heard about this stuff. Nobody has a clue. Like from the stuff I'm about to share with you, if you haven't heard it before. But luckily for me, because I follow my excitement, I discovered a movement called the Truth Freedom Health Movement. It's led by Dr. Shiva Ayaduri. And that's when I got educated about the truth, about the very powerful women's labor movements that started in the 1800s and set the working class free from slavery for a second time. So it was basically 1776 all over again, just, you know, just in a different color, just a different shade. So let me explain. So the entirety of time, human beings have been walking on this planet. Once we started getting, you know, organized and stuff like that, um, there's been the slaves and the slave drivers. This is for all races. This is it. It doesn't matter what color you are, what ancestry you came from. It's been slave drivers and slaves. That's where it's been. In the United States in 1776, that was the first time that working class people united. Because think about it. The British, the elites and stuff like that, they don't, they don't let they they still don't have the First Amendment over there in Britain. Still to this day, there is no First Amendment. There is no no Second Amendment. It's only here. That's what we fought for. So working class people got sick and tired of the tyranny. They got tired of being slaves and they fought and bled and died. A lot of them died. 1776, we got our freedom. We got our constitution. Our founding fathers put that together and gave us the freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and the rest of the constitution. Now, do you think that the British just rolled over and were just like, oh, okay, no big deal. We'll just let them go do their thing. No, they have been clawing tooth and nail, planning, plotting, and scheming ever since to get back and to erode the First Amendment and to erode the Second Amendment and, on, and the constitution. So about 100 years of these blue bloods um, working on this, this, a.k.a. what they're called from Britain, um, they basically worked their way back into politics and big business. And then we had the Industrial Revolution, late 1800s, early 1900s. What had happened was there was a massive flood of people from farms moving into the cities. And people were still coming from other countries for the hope for a better life. The Constitution was over here. I can actually say, say what I want, and a government official can't throw me in jail. I have freedom of speech. They wanted that. But what ended up happening was it was just another form of slavery. Big, massive corporations started, um, you know, and then the workers came in and they paid them and they paid them and they started paying them less. And we'll cover that in a little bit. And they, didn't, they, they paid them basically slave wages. They had to work super long hours, 12, 13, 14 hours. And it was busy season. It's like they just worked around the clock. And it was very dangerous working conditions. It was actually very, very poor, poor air quality. Um, wasn't very much in some cases wasn't even a lot of light in there 
Um, there was, it was dangerous. You could die. And so things got really, 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 really bad. They got really bad. Well, this is when a bunch of upset, pissed off women finally started uniting. And they came together and they're just like, this is, this is it. Like, screw this. Our, uh, we, we are dying in the workplace. You're paying us slave wages. And, you know, and we, and our children are working. The girls are in there 14 years old working, you know, 10, 20 hour days. It's crazy. Right. In these horrible working conditions and are they getting, not even getting much pay. So the women banded together, they fought back. And from these very robust, truly bottoms up working movements that these women put together, they got what they were looking for. So they got the eight hour workday, which we'll go into more and more, much more detail in a moment. They got better wages. They, they got the children out of the workforce. They got safer working environments. And it didn't just stop there. It went all the way back into the city as well, because the city, as you know, or maybe you don't know, there was urine and feces in the street. It was gross. There was dead horses and cows in the water supply. People were sick. Plagues, disease was ravaging us because of the poor environment we created. Again, I talk about this. This is not like rocket science. This is like, oh, the plague is here. It's coming to get us. No, it's, you take, a, I, talk, I don't know if, when it was, but I just talked about this recently. Maybe it was on a show or it could have been the last podcast. I don't remember. But I just talked about it where if you have a couple cows on a few acres, they'll eat the grass, they'll poop, the sun hits it, it disinfects the poop, the rain hits it, the bugs eat it, and it just it's a cycle of life, and it just goes back in, right? Fertilizes the field, everything's fine. Those animals do great. But if you put 500 cows on that six acres or whatever in a small area, now all of a sudden they eat all the grass, the grass turns into mud, and it's full of urine and feces. It's crap everywhere. It's not natural. There's too much urine and feces in a concentrated area. Then in comes salmonella and E. coli, and you're out of balance with nature. You have a poor environment. And that's what's happening in these poor animal husbandry places today where they're growing these cows is that they're getting sick, and they have to give them antibiotics. And they give them shots, and, and, they, and they, they put stuff in them to stop the spread of the disease so they can fatten them up and sell them to you. But they're still diseased and we're eating them. No different than when a whole bunch of people move into a city and there isn't good sanitation. The urine and the feces is going to pile up and you have nasty water. You have poor air, poor air quality from and poor water quality. And you're going to be sick. Your environment sucks. So the women recognize this and they fought and fought and they got, uh, they basically got, um, the, the sanitation workers and the plumbers. Now, the cool thing is, is if you extrapolate that out to about 1948, from these robust movements and these women fighting back and cleaning up the water supply with plumbers, sanitation workers, cleaning up the streets, getting the urine and feces off the streets, 97, 98% of infectious diseases was gone. That was from infrastructure built on the backs of a bunch of women that were very upset with the way they were living. And the message today, part of the message is like to not only honor women, but why do we have to wait as human beings until things get so darn bad before we act? Do we have to literally go back to slave wages? I mean, that's what's happening today. When's the last time we have wage increases? They haven't moved much, right, since the 70s. Our wages are stagnant. What's happening is look at it the same thing. Industry is taking all the profits because we – the working people stopped fighting. That's what's happened. We've stopped striking. From 1900, late 1800s, from 1900 until 1970, over 200 million Americans striked for better pay, better wages, safer streets, um, more time off, all these, all these cool things that are just basic, should be basic human rights. And they got it. We got the gains. People at all levels, whether you're a gas station worker, a tenant pumping gas, or you're a nurse, or you are a, you know, a dump truck driver, or maybe you're a craftsman, you worked with your hands, um, you could have been um, um, a secretary, whatever you were doing, everybody's wages were just going up during those 70 years. Look, go back and look at it. 1970s, what happened? We stopped striking. We stopped striking. We let government right and left, Democrat and Republicans, undermine the true working class, robust unions. They got taken over top down and they stopped striking. We stopped striking. 
We got scared. We're living in fear. We got entertained. We start watching TV, TV dinners, and people, you know, don't understand that it's like there's millions and millions of us. We have all the power. Again, we vote with our dollars. And when we unite, there's nothing that can stop us. But we live in fear because we're watching televisions and stuff all the time. And they, they're, they're just spewing out fear. And they, they make you think there's not that many people out there that are scumbags compared to the people that are decent, hardworking people. That's always going to be the case. Human beings, you know, at a higher level, all we are is unconditional love. Some of these people have just gotten off track a little bit. But for the most part, most of us are really good, hardworking, decent folks. We just don't think like that. But we can't live in fear. Because that's paralyzing us. We, we have to come back together again. Otherwise, if we don't do this, because I'm seeing like I have to go down to Portland. Um, well, I don't have to. I, go, I get to go to Portland to see my kids, but I have to like witness what's going on down there. There's urine and feces in the streets. Tremendous amount of homeless, it's homelessness. It's terrible. It's, it's unbelievable how bad it is down there. And wages have not increased. They just haven't increased. So we basically have a return of urine and feces in the streets. Wages are not going up. And let's put it this way. There was a study done $47 trillion of hardworking money here that we went out. We woke up in the morning. We put on our shoes, our boots, our pants, our coats. We drove on our cars. We worked. We came home. And $47 trillion of that money from our efforts, our labor, has been went upriver. What does that mean today? I mentioned earlier our, our labor our, our um, incomes have been stagnant. What that means is if you're making fifty thousand dollars today, you should be making one hundred and twenty thousand. Let that sink in for a moment. If you're making fifty thousand dollars today annual income, you should be making one hundred and twenty thousand. What what happened to that seventy thousand? It went upriver to corporations. That's where it went. Period. End of story. Case closed. And unless we start uniting and striking back, I mean, you're basically all those women that work so hard, it's like slapping them in the face to get those gains. It's like the people that fought the, for 1776 that freed our country, slapping them in the face. Our founding fathers slapping them in the face. That's what the working class is doing if we don't get off our duffs and you know, first I, you know, my thing is like, I, I try to help people take back their health so they can get their mental clarity back and get their energy back and they have the energy to fight. So I feel that that's kind of my part in this whole thing. I also feel it's my part to educate people on what the hell happened in the past. And we're seeing it happen, happening again. They will never stop trying to erode the first amendment, the second amendment and keeping you to be a slave. If you want to be a slave, then do nothing. Do nothing. If you don't want to be a slave, start taking action. Start taking action. And there are places to do that. Um, like truthfreedomhealth.com. I implore everybody to go there, get the education. Dr. Shiva, four degrees from MIT. Um, he has a great educational platform. Um, I haven't been able to participate in it as much since I moved back home. I've had a lot going on, taking care of aging parents. Um, uh, kind of getting this farm going, building a shop. There's a lot of stuff going on right now with our company. Um, but I will be re-engaging more and more as I move forward. And I'm always talking about it, though. I'm always out hustling, sharing the information with people and getting it out um, as I'm doing right now because I feel it's the right thing to do. Because imagine how how much money, for those of you that have children, how much money did you spend to send your kids off to college? It ain't cheap. It's not cheap. What, how, wouldn't it be cool if you could get your if you could get your son or daughter because you want the best for them if you get them an MIT education you're like wow they probably couldn't get in or maybe they could get in but we couldn't afford it well that's literally at truthfreedomhealth.com that's what you're getting you're getting a PhD level uh, MIT level education without any of the BS that's what's available I'm, I'm I just want to make a big point about that because that's there that's there for you and I think it's like a hundred bucks a year. I don't know if it's changed or not, but it's right around there. That's that's that is a no-brainer. That is a no-brainer because we literally need to get educated, or we're going to continue to be enslaved slowly but surely. It's going to erode, and uh, until they're going to, we're going to lose those freedoms completely, and it's already happening. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to get into the Haymarket hangings, May Day, which is AKA International Workers Day and more of what these women did to get the eight-hour workday for, for working-class people.
We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution helps against inflammation and pain. Turmeric 100 is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% organic, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. So glad to be back with you. Okay, in the first segment, we covered, you know, kind of the backstory of women and how they fought and, 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 and bled, literally, in some cases, um, not only in 1776, but again, in late 1800s, early 1800s through the early 1900s, as women started fighting back and organizing together. And they literally became, in my opinion, the second 1776. It was this, the, the Independence Day had to happen again. And um, but we things have slipped, things are slipping. So that's why this message is here, because we want to honor them. We want to honor what they did by continuing on with their work. And that means eight, it means people are uniting. So I'm going to get into the third segment in detail about uh, some women, some women specifically who led some movements and some really cool things. But I mentioned before the break that we were going to get into the Haymarket hangings. Okay. That is what is referred to as May Day, International Workers' Day, okay? So the movement for the eight-hour workday was the most aggressive in New York, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Chicago, Milwaukee. Um, and at that time, there was a very strong working-class labor movement. Now, by mid-April in 1886, the movement was in full swing in the, all these cities across the nation, and about 30,000 workers had already successfully bargained for a shorter day. Uh, so enthusiasm was high for what was to come on May 1st. And it was summed up in the eight-hour song. Actually, people wrote a song about it. To give you an idea, think about that. There was a song written about an eight-hour workday. That's how important it was to people. They weren't forced to work 12, 13, 14 hours. And they basically had no life. So here's the song. We mean to make things over. We tried. We're tired of toil for not, but bare enough to live on, never an hour for thought. We want to feel the sunshine. We want to smell the flowers. We're sure that God has willed it, and we mean to have eight hours. We're summoning our forces from shipyard, shop, and mill, eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, and eight hours for what we will. That's all they were asking for. It wasn't like people are lazy and they don't want to work. They just wanted to be able to go to work, have a living wage, have eight hours to sleep to recharge the body, and eight hours to spend time with their family and enjoy what they want to do. So when the day arrived, um, approximately 350,000 workers um, in 11,562 places of employment went out on strike. That's pretty big. That's a pretty big strike. Remember, this is a long time ago, right? We're talking... This is this is a long time ago. It's 1886. All right. In Chicago, 40,000 people laid down their tools and took to the streets. 40,000 and more than 45,000 were granted a shorter workday without resorting to the strike. So right out of the gate, a lot of them got it before because they the, the factories just bent because they, they they had to. It was like they're going to go out of business like somebody's got to make the widgets. Right. So the Chicago strike was was mostly peaceful until violence broke out on May 3rd at the McCormick Harvester Factory. Roughly 300 strike breakers, escorted by at least as many police officers, were led into the factory to resume production. When the 1,400 locked-out workers assembled to demonstrate against the strike breakers, the police clubbed, literally beat the shit out of, and, and shot the, into the unarmed crowd. At least four of the strikers were killed, and many were injured. So immediately a call went out for a meeting in Haymarket Square for the next day. This was May 4th to protest the brutality of the police. This meeting was a, was peaceful. It was permitted by the mayor. So full permits. And the mayor actually attended the meeting um, from the beginning of it until there was some bad weather and he left. OK, at that time, the last speaker was at the podium and two thirds of the crowd had dispersed. OK, so bad weather. There wasn't a whole lot, you know, a third of the crowd was still left. Within 15 minutes of the mayor's departure, 
a police force of 180 strong began to march on the remaining protesters. So most people had left. Um, I mean, they're calling them. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they were protesting for the eight hour workday. Right. So as the officers closed in on the crowd, a dynamite bomb was thrown into the ranks of the officers. And uh, killing at least five and wounding many more. And it actually wounded some of the I think four of the protesters died, too, or got really I, I think four of the protesters did die. So um, chaos ensued. The uh, police started pursuing the protesters with clubs and bullets, killing several and wounding more than 200 people. Um, the aftermath of this followed the events at Haymarket. Police, unable to identify the culprit, many speculate it was an agent provocateur, basically somebody, you know, because what they want to do is they want to blame, and we don't know. It could have been a work, it could have been somebody there in the working class person that was a dumbass that was just fed up with it. Um, or it could have been somebody on the other side that was trying to stop them, right? That owned the factories. Uh, or it paid somebody that somebody that owned the factories and the big corporations that paid somebody to do that to incite violence to blame um, the organizers of the rally. So there was, um, and here here were the organizers: um, Albert Parsons, August Spies, Samuel Feldon, Eugene Schwab, Adolf Fisher, George Engel, Louis Ling, and Oscar Nebe. They were charged and selected for trial. Only Fielden was at the rally at the time of the bombing. And he was the last speaker at the podium. All eight were convicted and seven were sentenced to death. They were sentenced to death. So a nationwide defense movement was able to convince the Illinois governor because the working people got together and said, this is ridiculous. You don't even know who set the bomb off and you're, and you're sentencing these people that organized the protest to death. And it was, a permi it was permitted. The whole, the, whole organ the whole thing was permitted. The mayor was there, right? So... Ogles, so this is what happened. Oglesby, um, to commute the sentence of Felden and Schwab to life imprisonment. On November 11th, 1887, Parsons, Spies, Engel, and Fisher were hanged. This was, this was the outrage right here. Parsons, Spies, Engel, and Fisher were hanged. These were the four, four people, the working class people, that were hanged. Um, and this is the, 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 the why they call it the Haymarket Hangings. Right. Let me scroll back here. Lewis Ling, another one of those guys, he committed suicide while in custody. He just killed himself. Um, Fielden, Schwab, and Nebe were eventually pardoned um, in 1893. Seven years later, so they rotted in jail for seven years and finally got pardoned by uh, then Illinois Governor um, Altgeld. Okay, so in Europe, at the 1989 meetings of the International Working Men's Association in Paris, in honor of the Haymarket martyrs and in support of the struggle of the eight hour workday, May 1st was declared to be International Workers' Day. This was then adopted, guys, not just by, by working class people in Europe, but this was adopted worldwide by the working class. And since that time, the working class has been honoring May 1st and International Workings Day all over the world, but not in the US, right? So, what happened to the May Day deal in the US? How come it's not celebrated here anymore? So it's kind of crazy, um, but it's by design again. They're not teaching this. We talked about this earlier. They're not teaching this in schools that four Americans were hung fighting for an eight-hour workday. They don't, they don't want you to know that. They don't want your children to know that. It's, it's known all around the world. It's celebrated everywhere else. But I've hardly ran into anybody here in the U.S. that even has heard about this stuff. Clueless, because we've never been taught. How? Why? Why do you think that they would hold that information back from us? It's kind of important. It's as important as 1776 because that's what it was. All these events that happened in the late 1800s and through the 1900s is basically again like 1776 all over again. We had to fight again because we were slaves. For the majority of people, we were slaves. Slave wages, terrible working conditions. You could die at work. In fact, we're going to get into that in the third segment. You're going to find out how 148 people were locked into a building and killed because of a fire. There was a fire, and they were locked in because they were afraid. The, the, the people that owned the factory were afraid that people would steal from them. So they would lock them in during the day, during the work, when they were working, so they couldn't get out, so they couldn't steal anything, and they were burned to death. 
And a lot of them actually jumped out of the windows in, in like 9-11. That's what happened, right? Well, maybe, yeah, well, maybe people shouldn't steal. But if you're a slave and, you're, and your family's hungry, maybe that's why they were doing it. I don't even know if they were doing it. Maybe they weren't, but maybe they were afraid. But the bottom line is they were locking people in. You can't do that. All right, so this is where we're at. So I found a couple other quotes online that related to this. It said, the strict Puritans of New England considered the celebrations of May Day to be um, licentious and pagan, so they forbid its observance. And in the springtime, and the springtime holiday never became an important part of American culture as it was in many European countries. So even the statement there is showing you that they the system scientists the 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 slave drivers started having people spin the story it's like that may day four people hanging in haymarket square fighting for an eight eight hour work day is um is like some pagan ritual you see how crazy this stuff is and then they put it out in the media and just blast it and blast it you'll see it in papers and news editorials and, and it'll be on tv eventually you know they're using all whatever they were doing back then radio um it's just crazy. Um, other countries like Qatar and Saudi Arabia um, are notorious for their lack of workers' rights and poor working conditions. So unsurprisingly, International's Working Day is not celebrated as a public holiday um, in, in either of those countries. But for the most part, it's celebrated internationally, and it has been ever since. has been ever since. But how come we haven't heard about it? Where's the information? And this whole thing... These four workers, this this whole thing with the Haymarket hangings and International's Workers' Day, this whole event was built on a whole on on the original. Because again, this is eighteen eighty six. This started this started happening in, in the early eighteen hundreds. So we're talking, you know, eighty seventy eighty years of women fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting. And organizing and organizing and building and some of them get their teeth kicked in and sometimes it didn't work and they'd come back and they'd reorganize again and they'd try again, they'd try again because they were sick and tired of living like slaves. This whole thing was built on the back of 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 that of them pushing back and saying enough's enough. You know, we we deserve we're human beings. We just want eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, and eight hours to do what we will. That's what it boiled down to. And we want to get our children out of the workplace. So I'm going into detail on this again. I know I've, I've mentioned this a couple other times in other podcasts, but it does, we need to, it repetitions the mother of skill. And maybe you're new listening to this and you didn't even hear, you didn't even know about this stuff. It's important to know. It's important to know. Again, because many people before us have fought and then they fought again. And, and we're, we're kind of back, we're back there, guys. We're back there right now. It's time to start uniting again. So again, for me, I feel my job is to get the information out there. Um, I've joined the truthfreedomhealth.com movement. Um, I'm doing what I can right now. Um, and if all of us could do just a little bit together and we unite, it's over. It's really over. And again, for me, I feel like my job is to help you guys feel as good as you can, right? Learn how to self-heal. Become your own doctor. Not have to worry about, you know, um, getting cancer and heart disease and that kind of stuff. And waking up and feeling good every day and, and being a great example to your kids and to your, your spouse and your family and your community because you have vitality and energy. I literally get to I walk around my hometown over here in Eastern Oregon and nobody believes my age. I'll be 50 in 96 days. Uh, maybe not of this recording, but it'll probably be around 90 of the recording, something like that. And um, nobody can believe that I'm, I'm going to be 50 and the things that I can do. And it's not because I'm special. I'm just kind of getting back to normal the way we should be. Human beings are freaking strong. We're resilient when we have a proper environment. When we have a proper environment. When we have clean air, we have clean water, clean clothes, clean food. We have sunshine. We can get outside. We get sleep. We get rest. We don't have stress. We get to hang out with people that lift us up, that don't tear us down. You know, there's a lot that we can do. But what's happened is, is everybody is eating all this cooked or this, excuse me, this processed food. It's laden with chemicals. We're wearing synthetic clothing. There's toxins in our personal care products. Our air is polluted and our water is polluted. And you can't see the stuff. It's tiny and it's microscopic. But it builds up over time. And look around. 
just look around. People are weak. People have been, your immune systems have been hammered on. So the cool thing is, is once you get the awareness of this, you can start taking small baby steps to clean up your body, get the toxins out of your body, start getting some nutrients in your body, start eating healthier, fresher foods. And how do you do this? You change your buying habits. You start voting. You want to you do a revolution right now? You want to revolt against all the crap that's happening to us, why we have poor health, and why we're suffering with our wages? You can start right now by taking, again, every time money leaves your wallet, you look around and, and you see how what, what company am I really supporting? If you're buying Hostess, Ding Dongs, or Twinkies, do you think you're doing humanity good? No, you're slapping all these women in the face and all the people that fought and bled in 1776, like literally. And I mean, I get it. I had a Twinkie or two back in the day. There's no way I would put that stuff in my body today, though. But I didn't know any better back then. It's basically suicide. It's a, it's a, it's a mild form of suicide. You just killed yourself a little bit. Now, some people are like, well, Tim, that's a little aggressive. Well, really? Like, have you seen the ingredients in that? Have you seen some of the dyes they put in some of these, in these foods today? They're toxic. They literally are listed as a cancer causer, a carcinogen. And it's in our food, and that's okay. So it's not okay. Stop buying that crap. Stop giving those companies money. Make them, if, if everybody stopped going to McDonald's and stopped buying Twinkies as an example, they won't be around anymore. They can go, they can, maybe they'll retool and go, wow, I mean, buyer habits are changing. I will get in front of them with something better. But be careful. You better read the ingredients. And even that's being jeopardized today. This is why we vote with our dollars. This is why you have to find companies like ours, like Chemical Free Body, that will not compromise, that are trying to do the best we can. I, I the, All the products that we have, and most of you have been following me, you guys know. Like I will never compromise because this stuff is going in my body and I'm using it to get the garbage and the toxins out of my body and I'm also flooding my body with nutrition. So we will continue to grow. And I want to, again, I want to thank everybody for, we are double the size we were last year. And I hope to next year we're double the size again because that means it's working. And why is it working? It's working because we're doing what's right. We're doing what's right. We're not jacking our prices up. Because we're not we're not advertising on Google and Facebook and YouTube and that kind of stuff. We are basically, I do this show. I try to educate people. I try to, I get on a lot of other shows. I tell my story. We have other coaches now that are doing this. They're out telling our stories and about chemical free body products. And then people try them. But most of our growth has actually come from you. Most of our growth has come from working class people, men and women that are experiencing the products, getting results, and they're telling other people about it. And again, I want to thank you for, for doing that and appreciating that. You are literally, that's, that's part of the, the movement right there. You're part of the movement supporting our company. And I support other companies too. I give my money. Any, I'm telling you what, if anybody's doing, here's what I do. When I go out and I'm, I'm getting like dinner or something like that, I, have, I set aside 10% of my money and I give it away to charities. That of my choosing that I believe are doing good. But one of the biggest charities that I think is working class people because I know people are underpaid. So when I go to dinner or I get um, a matcha latte somewhere, like if, if it's five bucks for the matcha latte, I'll probably tip them five or 10, sometimes at 20 or 100. It's like I'm giving back to working class people because I know they're, they're, they're working hard and they're not getting paid what they should. So service workers, especially people that are in, in, the, in the restaurant industry, they're, they're not, you know, they work their butts off. I mean, everybody does. A lot of people work. We are all underpaid. We are all underpaid. And, and again, that's by design. It's, it's to get both mom and dad out there in the workplace, disrupt the nuclear family, and let the state raise the kids. And, you know, there's, there's, there's solutions to this stuff. This isn't all doom and gloom. Like, I'm just pointing out the history and then giving some solutions. And it's kind of common sense. Give your money to good companies that have a heartbeat, that believe in that believe in commerce, that believe in capitalism, but they also believe equally that it's not about just making money. It's about making sure that you're making money in accordance with the laws of nature and you're not hurting anybody else or this planet that we live on because this planet is us. It is connected to us. And that's been our downfall recently. But the cool thing is, is that all these synthetic chemicals that are invented in the labs 
all they're all derived from stuff that's been stripped out of nature. Nature has an innate, innate intelligence in it, and eventually it has a way of cleaning all this stuff up. And there's things in nature that we can use with people that are very smart to clean this stuff up even faster. You know, so I just, you know, I just did a whole thing on the whole Ohio, um, you know, the train wreck deal, disaster on these chemicals all over. And I'm glad that people are waking up to the chemical things because of this stuff. But it's like that stuff's basically happening every day. There's trillions of pounds of this stuff being dumped on our on our on our soils today. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. And then when we get back, I want to get into um, some some really cool stuff, some really cool stuff. We're going to get into some of these organizations that these women started and um, and all the cool stuff that they did to, to win back our freedoms. And um, so that we can have a good quality of life um, with our friends and our family and um, and live our highest excitement and our joy. We'll be right back. The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm so excited that you're here today and you're checking out this, uh, this show about honoring the truth about women's history month and it goes a lot deeper than that we're just we're, we're honoring women i really want to honor the women out there because um and, and working class people in general but it's like it was mostly women in the beginning that started these movements what does that tell you like i've always said for a long time because when i got into this industry into the health industry and i started teaching i had 5500 people come to my detox nutrition living food juicing classes we made dinners and we juiced and I educated people on detox in their body and their mind and sometimes relationships and getting the right ones. And um, of those 5,500 people, over 70% of them were women. And I was like, wow, why do women gravitate toward this? Because I knew the stuff that I was talking about was really smart. It was really basic common sense. It was nature and nothing smarter than nature, right? So why were more women attending my classes than men? Well, for, I just think it's ego. I think it really is. And women are kind of like, they're the ones that are, they're typically, you know, they're, they're the ones taking care of the kids, making the meals. Not to say, I mean, I love making food. I'm a chef. But, um, you know, I have friends, the guys, they, they don't make anything. They like everything's take out or their wife makes it, right? So women are smarter than men. And that's, it, it holds true because you go back, women were the ones that got frustrated first and started organizing first. All right, so let's talk about a few of these organizations that that uh, that crept up back in the day when when the working conditions were horrible. The first one I want to talk about was the Lowell Mill Women. Now, these Lowell Will Mill Women created the first union of working women, and they fought for return of their wages after they were cut. Think about that; like they were already slave wages, and they cut their wages even more, right? They were fighting just to get their original wages back. Like talk about like not keeping up with GDP. And they also fought for a 10 hour workday. So this is one of the first ones. They were just trying to like, just give us, let us work 10 hours, like not even eight. It was just like 10, like, cause they were working so much. And remember this is before women could vote. These women were very courageous to do what they did. They united. This was, I mean, women weren't kind of allowed to, they, you couldn't vote. Like it was like, subclass citizen almost it's kind of like the caste system over in india it's like it's it's just another form of slavery right so susan b anthony which uh that's the name that'll probably pop up in a lot of your minds she used her paper which was called the revolution to actually help working women organize into their own interests one such organization formed in 1868 and it became known as the working women's association all right so that was the lowell mill women there was another organization called the Shirtwaist Girls. Um, there was another one that was a, this was a big one. It was called the National Women's Trade League Union. Excuse me, 
National Women's Trade Union League, NWTUL. They actually, I, I, I was doing, I was checking this out in my research, and I, they had a, a symbol, and their symbol said, the eight-hour workday, a living wage to guard the home. Think about that. An eight-hour workday, a living wage to guard the home. This is just basic common sense stuff. These are things that we really take for granted today, don't we? Oh, yeah, I got to go to work. I got to go to work. You got to work eight hours. Okay. Did you? Yeah, we have no concept that people used to have to go work 16 hours or 12 hours and for way less. I mean, it's it's getting worse and worse as, as the years go by because we're, 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 we're going back to that as we talked. Again, 47 trillion of our hard-earned monies went up river since 1970. If you want it back, you're going to have to start fighting. Another symbol, symbol that was prominent was it would say, and I, I talked about that song earlier, it said eight hours for work, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what we will. Those were just basic. These were symbols. These were patches and stuff that women were wearing and stuff like that. Or they would have these emblems, eight-hour workday, a living wage to guard the home. It's just like common sense, nat, just things that were you would assume that would be fair. That that's some. It wasn't back then. They had to fight for these things. That's why I'm making a big deal about this because we're really taking it for granted for this today. And if they had to fight that hard for decades after decades after decades, we can't let it slip away. And that's what's happening today. All right, so let's talk about the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory. Horrible. I talked about it earlier. They had a large fire at this factory. This was in 1911. They killed 148 garment workers. Most of them died, again, because the doors were locked from the outside by employers to, employers to eliminate theft. Most of these women and the young girls, um, I think a couple of them were like 14, that worked there, they died from jumping out of the windows due to the fire, just like in 9-11. You'd see these people, it, it's getting so hot, and they're just like, well, I gotta, I, I, I'm going to die here. At least maybe there's a chance if I jump out the window. Think about being put in that situation. You're going to work just to make some money so you can take care of your family and provide, and they locked you in because they're afraid you're going to steal something, and you get burned up, or you have to jump out of the window, and you go splat. How would you like to, you know, be a kid and then you, your mom's jumping out of a window and she's dead because she got locked in because they were afraid she was going to steal from the same place she worked for? The shirtwaist makers, as young as 14 again, these they work seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. with a half-hour lunch break. 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. with a half-hour lunch break. These women, guys, work 12 and a half hours. Um, and during the busy season, the work was nearly nonstop. They were paid about six bucks a week. That's what they got paid. Okay, so now let's talk about somebody who was kind of prominent in these movements. Her name was Rose Snyderman. Rose Snyderman was the vice president of the New York Women's Trade Union League, and she helped organize the uprising of the 20,000 um, for this International Ladies Garment Workers Union in 1909. And she went on to become the president and then finally president of another organization in 1926. And I just want to go over some of her quotes because they really resonated with me. And she had a bunch of them. Um, I wrote just a few of them down I wanted to cover. Rose said, today for many people, being a union member simply means paying dues. But in the early days, there were so few of us that if a majority of the members were not active, the union ceased to exist. Now, this gal, I believe, passed away in 1972. So she was already saying that a lot of people being a union member is just paying my dues. I'm a union member. I pay my dues. But that's not what the unions were about. The unions were about people being active, people being educated, understanding that things are bad. People forgot. And when people become non-active, the power of the union and the people it ceases to exist. And that's what's happened today. How many strikes have happened from 1970 until today? about two to five million. But remember, from 1900 to 1970, there was about 200 million strikes. 200. Now there's two to five. That's like one to 2.5% of what it used to be. Do you think that might be why things are so crappy right now? 
as far as things are financially and all these chemicals and all this crappy food that 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 you can get at the grocery stores and how medicine has you know besides again the amazing people in the emergency rooms and the surgeons that are helping people with broken bones and gunshot wounds that's a failed system i mean literally if you're sick the solution is a synthetic pill that was made in a lab when you're made from nature your body's carbon-based, and they give you a synthetic acid-based solution. That doesn't even make sense to me. Let's go to another one of her quotes. Rose said, to me, the labor movement was never just a way of getting higher wages. What appealed to me was the spiritual side of a great cause that created fellowship. You wanted the girl or the man who worked beside you to be treated as well as you were, and an injury to one was the concern of all. Wow, that I mean, that quote for me was like, wow, like, man, she had really had, she was really um, tapped in and turned on right there, right? It was not just about getting higher wages, she said. It was a spiritual side that created great fellowship. Once again, working class people uniting. The whole thing about staying six feet apart, go into your house, hide away from everybody, fear, fear, fear. Like, it doesn't make no sense. We, the blue zones, the people that live the longest, the four top traits, the number one thing was lifelong friends. That was the commonality factor of, of people that live to be 100. You got to be around people and be around good people that you love. So, and they knew that back then. This really was, it really was a spiritual movement. It was a lot more. It was, it was about transcending equality. Not just being, we're tired of being slaves. Snuff's enough. Okay, another quote she had. By working hard, we can make an average of about $5 a week. We could have made more, but we had to provide our own machines, which cost us $45. We're paying for them on the installment plan. We pay $5 down, whole week's worth of wages, and $1 a month after that. So what she's talking about here was sewing machines. So they were in there sewing, making garments, right? And um, they're paid five bucks a week. The company made them buy their own sewing machines. They didn't even provide the sewing machines. Can you believe that? Right? It's like, and then they had to put, uh, it's just unbelievable. If you do that, if you look at that, so 10 bucks is a month. It was 4.5 4. months worth of work. So they would, it would take them about um, four and a half months worth of labor over, over a two-year period to pay for that machine. That's ridiculous. Here was another quote. Then came the big strike. About 100 girls went out. The result was a victory, which netted us, I mean the girls, $2 increase in our wages on the average. That was just an example of a, of a strike they did, a small strike where they got an increase in wages. Um, and the last one, I don't know if this one was from Rose or not. It was in um, an article close to hers. I don't know. It could be her. I don't know. But this one sums it all up. Here's the quote. I know from experience that it is up to the working people to save themselves. And the only way they can save themselves is by a strong working class movement. There you go. Everything that we've been talking about, people have known about this a long time ago. I know from experience that it is up to the working people to save themselves. And it's only, that's the only way they can save themselves is by a strong working class movement. So what does that mean? It means it's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to us taking care of ourselves, and it's up to us uniting together and just realizing how strong we are, realizing how strong we are when we're purchasing things that are when we, we when a dollar leaves our hands, that is a power play. You are making a statement on where you give your money, whether you care about yourself or you care about your fellow neighbor or you care about this planet. We have got to open our eyes up and really be a, pay attention to that. And understand that working class people, we have a small force of people always working against us, trying to take away our freedoms. They're never going to quit. So we can, we have to stop being lazy, getting entertained all the time. We have to go out and go door to door, neighbor to neighbor, and start talking about these things. And again, you guys can all get this information. We have all the tools, everything you need at truthfreedomhealth.com. It's all there, all the education. We have flyers to hand out. You don't even need to be an expert. Um, you just print them off, hand them out, and just have conversations. 
But the first thing is you got to get educated. And we provide that education for you. It's there for you. It's set in there. Like I said, an MIT level education on all this history and working class movements. It's all there. It's all there for you. This is just the beginning of it, what we're talking about here today. But these are basic fundamentals that are never going to change. Anything good is always going to be bottoms up. Nothing good ever comes top down, ever, unless it's forced by that bottoms up movement. So we always are going to have to push back. Otherwise, we're always going to be taking advantage of. Now, I really want you to think about what I said earlier. If you're making $50,000 today as an individual, you should be making $120,000. What would the extra $70,000 do for your family, for your health? Maybe you could, you know, because I hear this all the time, well, I can't afford to eat healthy. Well, that's a bunch of crap because the lower you eat on the food chain when you buy in bulk, you're going to become way healthier. And we're, we're actually putting it together and how to, how to eat on a budget. We're putting a, a, a I can't remember if it's, a, we'll, we'll have an ebook and it'll probably be a course material we're putting together. But I understand if you go to Whole Wallet Foods and you start trying to buy healthier stuff, yeah, organic stuff, it's going to be a little bit more like organic vegetables and stuff. I get that when you're buying that way because you're not growing your own stuff. But if you start growing your own stuff, growing your own sprouts, sprouting your own lentils, mung beans, fenugreek, these types of things in your home for pennies, no, no soil needed, and you go to local farmer's markets and you buy beans and seeds and nuts and grains in bulk, you're going to get so healthy so fast, and you're going to be prepared if a Holocaust ever happens uh, or if the food chains get cut off, which is, looks like it's happening all over the world already. Um, you're, you're all be set because you're already that's just the way you live. That's the way you live. It happened in wartime too. Like there's actual picture, uh, there's charts and graphs where you can see heart disease and cancer during war. The soldiers came in, they took all the livestock away from the from the people out 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 and about, and the people were forced to eat what they had no food. So what did they do? They went back and they started beans and stuff, eating seeds, roots and tubers, and you watch heart disease and cancer rates just brr, plummet because they didn't have access to all the sugars and the fats and the overconsumption of animal products. I'm not saying that animal products are, um, you know, hundred percent bad, but it's like the more, you know, you, the people that eat mostly plant-based again, if we go back to the centurions, the people that live the longest, they're happiest and the healthiest, it's 80% plant-based diet or greater. So if you're one of those people that are going to eat meat, make sure it's clean, hormone free, antibiotic free, grass fed only. And then, you know, just eat a lot of fresh plants. So the, the, what I push is like, we believe in you building your stack. We believe in you doing what works for you. It's not some diet or fat. Just try it out. See if it works. And if it works for you, keep it. You feel better. You have more energy. You're less bloating. Your issues start going away. Keep stacking things. Keep trying new things. We're like, we're like, a, I'm a human experiment over here. This is what we do. We're, we're like the living laboratory. We're, we've been doing this for 12 years. That's why we're here. We want to share with you what we've done, just like I'm sharing with you what I've learned about these powerful women throughout history. Very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. So that wraps up this episode about um, honoring the truth about Women's History Month. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I've really enjoyed sharing my perspective on it. And um, every time I go through this, I learn something new and I get, I feel closer to the people, the women and the working class people that work so hard. Because when I go through and I'm like, I'm, 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 you know, looking up information for this talk and stuff like that to add to what I already know, I'm actually seeing the pictures. I was seeing the pictures of the burnt bodies or the women that had fell out of those windows, jumping from the fire to their, to their death, young girls jumping from a fire to their death because they were locked in because the corporations were afraid they're going to steal from them. And what do we see today? We see, we see people like, I think it's, um, Oh, uh, what can't remember what it was like Apple, some big corporation. They have these, uh, they, they put suicide nets outside of the factories over in, uh, in Asia and stuff like that, because these people are just so miserable that they'd rather just jump out the window and die. And they need them. They need them. They treat them like robots. And as soon as a mechanical robot can do the job of a carbon based robot, us, the people, the people are gone. But right now they keep them in there. So these people think about it. It's so bad they jump out to kill themselves, but now they got nets to catch them. And they grab them, they get back to work. When's 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 enough enough? Like people shouldn't be jumping out of buildings. 
and fires or because their job sucks so bad and they have slave wages and they hate their life. That's what this life experience is not supposed to be about. We're supposed to be a part of coming here and growing and contributing and living our excitement and living our joy and being an inspiration and being a light to everybody else around us. So everybody should be doing what, they're, what they want to do. Everybody has a unique talent. If you're alive and you're born, creation did not make a mistake. You're here for a reason. We want to know what that is. We want to see you doing that. And we want to make sure over here at Chemical Free Body and at the Health Hero Show that we give you the information and the inspiration to hopefully, you know, get get that spark lit back up inside of you. Throw a little, throw a little healthy gasoline on it and get you moving again. And, to, and you know, just go out there and do it. Whatever that is for you, whatever your excitement and your joy is, do it. We have a great opportunity here, especially in the United States. And even for those of you that listen, because I know I have a lot of listeners uh, across the pond, all over the world and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't matter how bad you think it is. There's always something of equal good that will come out of it if you just really focus on it and look for it. It's there. It's there. And those struggles that you're going through is what's going to build your strength and your character. And you're going to become stronger than anybody else, just like these women that fought and bled and died for better working conditions, better pay in the eight-hour workday. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to the show, spreading the message to other people. Um, until next time, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>